Hey there. Welcome to Twins Talk Clear-Cut Communication. Yes, we are twins. And yes, we are two old guys who should know better than to try to tackle the topic of communication in a podcast. But we're going to do it anyway, and hopefully you'll find it informative and maybe even enjoyable. Hey, we're coming to you from Braggville, Massachusetts. And Bear, we got some things to brag about. This episode, we have all of our kids here. I'm a little surprised that we're able to get them all here. Now, listening audience, you have to realize when we say this is a kids special, these are not kid kids. These are adult kids. The age range is from 40 to 53. Did you decide which ones we're going to brag about? Oh, are we going to brag about them all? Uh, I thought there was maybe a couple that we're not quite so sure of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're probably right there. Uh, We should maybe hold that in reservation until we're done with the podcast. Or we'll let our listeners uh, interpret their answers and determine which ones we should brag about. Yes. Well, anyway, we're delighted to have our kids, adult kids, no longer children, true professionals, doing lots of different things on with this for this episode. And we just want to talk about communication in general. And Bear and I are going to pose questions and let each of the kids respond. We'll cut them off the way we usually do at home when they were little and even to today. And we'll just go from there. Ray, you want to throw a question out? Well, I thought we might, you might want to introduce everyone first. Oh, well, why don't you do that? You Okay, well. You can see them all. Where Bob is, uh, he has two of his children with him right in the same room, Rob and Krista, and his third child, youngest child, most difficult child, I think, (laughs) is Jessica, and she's in a wholly different city, but she's on. And then here in my home, we have my daughter, Rebecca, and my son, Matthew. So I need to throw out a question. Okay, my question would be this, and any or all of you can jump in. What are the more difficult or most difficult communication situations you've been in? And what do you think you've done well? And what do you think you've done poorly in them? Have you noticed everybody's giving blank stares and looking at each other? No one. They haven't heard this question before. Who wants to grab it? Okay, I'll go first. I'm Krista. I'm the favorite child. Favorite child. And I'm going to say that one of the things that I struggle with that uh, you have tried to instill in us is to listen, to understand, to really understand the other person. And the other person is speaking from their own histories. And you may not really be hearing what they're trying to say. So listening first before you ask questions and before you jump in with a response. And so why do you think that's an issue for you? I don't know. I don't know why I struggle with it because I really do try to work on it. You really don't care about the other people? No, I do. I do. But I think that I I jump to conclusions too fast. I think I know what they're trying to say. And so I just rush through their explanation before I answer. Okay. So listening. 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 Because that's what you have always said is the biggest part of communication Hmm. is listening first. Wow. Right? Didn't know you were listening. (laughs) How about someone else? I feel like Krista is trying to answer two questions with one response, which I don't think is fair because that question is going to come up later. What did you learn from your father when it comes to communication? So I'm not sure how I feel about that one. That's how you become the favorite child, Matthew. You you (laughs) answer as many as you can as quickly as you can. Well, you haven't caught on, have you, Matt? (laughs) Uh, apparently not. So, so I will. Uh, I will add on. This is uh, Matt, the the youngest and somewhat accomplished child. Uh, and and oh, I will oh, say, wait, 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 accomplished child. 
Let's just take a second to talk about that. What would you list as your major accomplishments, Matt, the youngest? Why didn't you just say prettiest? That's why I said somewhat. Uh, I feel, you know, pretty good about my best accomplishment being that my wife, Erin, agreed to marry me. That's probably my, my crowning achievement at this point. Okay. And so if, if, the, if the listening audience knew Aaron, they would really understand the gravity of that statement. So nice going, Matt. Absolutely. Talk your way out of that. So let's go to, let's go to besides critiquing Krista, let's, let's go to your own answer to your dad's question. Well, I would say that for me, what I found I'm, I'm typically pretty good at in a group setting is being in presentation mode and being able to communicate ideas effectively to, to to groups of individuals, being able to add some levity to conversations that can create some engagement. Where I think I struggle is when I am out of presentation mode and it is small group conversation or one-to-one conversation, I can very much be overbearing in the conversation and not taking the appropriate pauses and welcoming responses. So I'd say that's my biggest struggle when it comes to professional communication, maybe personal communication too. I mean, one of the things I'm hearing you say, Matt, is that it's hard to get out of presentation mode because the second one, you're still in presentation mode when you say that people could respond to you as possibly being overbearing or dominating in the conversation. So when you say my strength is presentation, that may also be why it's more difficult in other contexts because that is a strength. And so you bring it to almost every communication situation. Yeah. How about some of the rest? Jessica, the lone person sitting by herself. Yeah, so I was thinking while you guys were talking that I think I struggle most with, if there's a conflict, how to communicate through it. Because mm. I either don't want to engage in it or I get too emotional. And then I think I'm not communicating effectively. Do any of you, do you two remember Jessica's style in terms of conflict situations at home? Yes. What, what do you remember? It? She would go to her room. Avoid it. Avoidance. <laughs> Or she would say, talk to the hand. But it is conflict for you. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. Anybody else want to weigh in on this one? This particular I'll, question? I'll say, I'll add to Jessica's and say that conflict is mine as well. But to add to it, I tend to give people all the room in the world and I'm very understanding and try to listen to where they're coming from until I just get to the point where I'm, I hate them. And then I <laughs> Becca, this is going to come across real sympathetic to our I try to listen a little bit then, and then I just might not hate them. Okay. That actually, Becca, I have seen in a lot of professional settings where that's what people try to do. They try to be polite. They try to listen. They try to pay attention. And they're, they're saying, you know, I'm paying attention to you. And then finally, you just get to the point of boiling over because you feel like this person is not reciprocating. They're not responding well. All they want to do is hear themselves talk, all of those, right? And so mm-hmm. that's, that's an issue too. And so you go the nth degree, and then all of a sudden you cross the line and say, I'm done with you. You're toast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, right. Okay. Barry, got another question you want to throw at us? Sure. Go right ahead. And here's the one that Matt alluded to that Krista cheated on already. Uh-huh. That is, uh, what did you learn from your dad, if anything, about communicating or working with others? Well, Chris has already said that, as she did, answered both questions with one, which was listening. Listening is is far more important than people think in communication. Mm, okay. And that's, yeah. 
Okay. I have one answer, I think, to all of these questions, and this is it. <laughs> what did I learn from my father, if anything, about communicating or working with others is that I do it poorly consistently. <laughs> I see that Rob has taken your instruction very personally, Bob. <laughs> well, the first 20 times you get told that. No, I'm, I'm kidding, but I think that is true. Over the years, I've had many situations where I have done it poorly, and that's been pointed out to me. (laughs) To give some room there, a lot of the communication situations you find yourself in, you're offering opinions. I mean, you've got a position. It's rare that you don't have a position when a topic surfaces. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Oh, okay. (laughs) There it is. There it is. That was another joke. That's right. Another opinion offered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, Ray, we were riding in a car, weren't we? Justin, do you remember this? You want to tell the story? Oh, well, I don't know if it's the same one, but Uncle Ray asked Rob if he had a, an opinion about everything that was outside the car window. And he sure enough did. <laughs> Little or big, good or bad, he had an opinion about it. In, in truth, I think that's one of the things that affects our ability to communicate in our terms effectively. And if we go off of Chris's notion of listening, it blocks that orientation toward listening is if we have strong opinions about things, it's hard to set them aside and go ahead and listen because we do have a strong opinion and we do feel that things need to be stated. Yeah. How about others? Becca, Matt, in terms of things you've learned from your dad? Well, I think kind of the flip side of what Rob's saying is learning to think first about not taking things personally. I don't do it a lot of the time. I still have the natural inclination to take things personally, but I do remember dad saying that a lot is to, to try to not let that be the first reaction. Mm-hmm. Becca, could you push that a little further? I mean, we've now told a story or two about when you all were kids, clearly you're adults. And as Matt said, I would treat all of you as accomplished adults, really thoughtful adults. When you say that's an inclination I had to take things personally, any way that you get out of that? Did your dad give you any specific advice like count to 10? I don't see that bear doing that, but was there something where he would say, how do you not take something personally? It was more just trying to talk about how the other person must see it. And, you know, if I didn't get on sports team, if I tried out for something or a play or something that I took it very personally, it was a judgment on me, where as dad would try to, you know, look at the bigger picture and what was actually realistic that I was not actually the center of everybody's <laughs> world. <laughs> they weren't walking around passing judgment. That's a hard one for a lot of us, right? Not to be the center of the universe, which is where we position ourselves most of the time, one way or another. And so it is one of those of setting that aside. In the communication field, we would refer to that as perspective taking, is really continue to try to figure out how do I take the other person's perspective? Right. Yeah. I would say that for me, one of the things that I've learned from dad is effective ways to provide feedback. And one of the ways in communication to provide feedback is allowing the person you're giving feedback to, to self-assess. Now I will tell a quick, funny story about this though. When I was middle school, no, probably high school age, I had a a geometry test that I had prepared very hard for. And I, I go in, I take this test, felt pretty good about it in the moment. A few days,
days later, we get our test scores back and I get a 97, 97% out of hundred percent. Just want to make sure that that's, that that's clear. That's the baseline they're going off of because I get into the car Dad picks me up after baseball practice and I share this 97%. And dad's response is, well, you seem to be reasonably pleased with that outcome. And my response was, of course, right? And oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that, that asking me to self-assess my 97%, I interpreted probably the wrong way, but that was an early experience of him allowing me to self-assess before he provided his feedback in the moment. That has become a family tradition now, all the way down to the granddaughters that when something good happens that they're particularly proud of, either matter I will say, you seem reasonably pleased with that. <laughs> kind of implying maybe you need to check that out and see if that's really something you ought to be that pleased with. Well, is there a follow-up to that one, or were you pleased with that, Bear? 97? 97%? Could have been a 98. Could have been. Yeah, there were at least three points out there on the table somewhere. <laughs> what about those other three points, Matt? That's how it felt. That's how I internalized it, that's for sure. That's also how it became so memorable. Well, Jesse, are you the only one that hasn't spoken to this one? You got any thoughts? Well, I'll be honest that I wasn't listening to the question because (laughs) I was telling somebody what to do in a very kind way. But I think it was, what did you teach us about communication? What did you learn, if anything, from your dad? I would say the same thing Krista did, that you have to listen before you speak. You have to try to understand the other person's perspective and ask questions, not just say your piece and be done with it. When did that begin to sink in for you? Well, you know, what's interesting is that I still struggle with it personally, but professionally, I think I do it much better because I work with outside clients, like external people, and they kind of know what they want, but they don't. And so you have to really ask a lot of questions. So you're absolutely sure what your clients are wanting you to do. And so that is much easier for me, but in a personal way, you just feel like maybe with your spouse sometimes because you know what they're going to say before that you're so used to them. You, you just jump too quickly before you really listen and ask questions. So mm-hmm. it's still a struggle personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I think that's a really interesting comment, Krista, about the nature of dealing with clients or customers, or others, maybe people are unfamiliar to you, that you tend to use more discipline in those situations Mm-hmm. than you do in, in the ones that are more familiar or with the people that are more familiar. I think that's natural and healthy. There have to be spaces where you don't feel like you're, I'm constantly on guard. Right. You're always watching myself. But in those situations where clarity and where accuracy of communication is important to exercise some disciplines and move into it slowly with first step of listening, I think that sounds like a great strategy. I think also sometimes you understand that at least in a work setting or a client setting with people you don't know, they don't know you. So nothing they're saying is personal about you. They're not having a conversation about what you did last week, like maybe your spouse or family does. So you almost can't take something they're saying personally. And I think that helps when it comes to listening because you you don't get defensive maybe as quickly. Well, you know, we're actually getting pretty close to time, believe it or not, in terms of our podcast. And there was one question I wanted to hear all of you speak to, if you can. And that is the notion of what would you like your kids to learn about communication? Any thoughts on that one? I'm going to jump in because I think that what we're all going to say in some form or another is, man, I wish my daughters developed their listening skills a little earlier than they have. I think that uh, that is something that 
They are never at a loss for words. They're always willing to share, <clears throat> maybe not in a coherent or cohesive <laughs> manner, but listening for retention, I think is uh, an incredibly valuable skill as we have already discussed. And I hope that's something they can develop as well as uh, my nephew, Miles, is something I would love to see him develop uh, as well. <laughs> There's a shot. There's a shot. So Becca, give it back to him. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about Miles and he's eight, so he's still learning about how best to listen and all of that. But he loves to be the lecturer. <laughs> he loves to have a piece of information that is maybe partial. And then he loves to embellish it and make it into a whole thing, whether or not it's true. Um, but and then he loves to teach it to somebody. So you're kind of in a conversation cornered about the U.S. military or something that he has decided is really interesting. So in a way, it's, it's really endearing. But I also would love him to take in a little bit more thinking about the different sides of something before taking this one piece of information and, and calling it, you know, the black and white. This is what is good. This is what is bad. I think that's part of just being eight, but you know, and then he loves to interrupt as well. That's <laughs> well, although, although you need to, all of you need to hear the miles is starting to use uncle Bob as his resource for interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Bob says you should interrupt to every two minutes. It does strike me that one of the things we're saying is that they got the talking part down. It's the listening part. That would be a great development skill for the kids. Jessica, you want to jump in and Rob and Chris in terms of thoughts on nieces and nephews? Jessica, go ahead. Well, of course, listening. But I think my kids, they need to stop and think before they open their mouth the majority <laughs> of the time. So whether it's positive or negative, they don't think it just kind of comes flying out of their mouth, especially the older one. He has an opinion about everything. <laughs> I wonder where he gets that from. He's going to possibly have a model for <laughs> He told me at the dinner table, we were talking about his Uncle Bop, and he said, there's nobody like Uncle Bop with a big <laughs> smile on his face. So he does have a good <laughs> model. That's great. So, yeah, just stopping I, and thinking before they speak would be a, something to work on. Well, you know, Jessica, that says to me, and it's very interesting, that maybe part of a parental method strategy is to create filters. Say, we need some filters. You need some filtered speech. Yeah. Rather than have it unfiltered, stream of consciousness kind of thinking, apply some filters. Is this something the person I'm speaking to would be interested in? Is this something that I know enough that I can communicate it clearly? Okay, do I need to ask some questions here? All those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, you've heard, you've heard Ray and I talk about the model of expressives, conventionals, and rhetoricals. And clearly, the kids, for the most part, are expressives. And it is a case of how do we move them or grow them towards the notion of being fitting the conventional and even on to rhetorical, which is where we would all like to be and where we would like them to be. But that's a process, as Ray said. Well, kids, we've run out of time. It is great to have had you here. It does strike me that we've identified a lot of important things that we have at some point or another talked about in the podcast, but it's fun to hear you all talk about them. Any final things you'd like to share? All that silence, by the way, will simply be cut out. <laughs> so it won't appear as if you simply left me hanging. There. <laughs> the twins are done talking for today. Now it's your turn. We'd love to hear from you with feedback regarding today's theme or a situation you'd like us to step into during a future session. 
You can reach us at twintalk46 at gmail.com. Remember, no communication problem is so big, so complicated, or so intense that we can't make it larger, more complex, or more dangerous than it already is, almost effortlessly. And we'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the score that both began and ended this podcast. Thank you.